Well, the cat's away, the mice will play, amen. But I understand those balloons up there. Y'all didn't even know they were there, did you? Yeah. But uh, that was from this morning, I'm sure, these kids turn them loose. But they'll finally come down, amen. You know, some Christians are that way. They're full of helium and somehow it leaks out and then they just float to the bottom. And uh, and we all may have, our lives are sort of that way, roller coaster, but... We, don't, we may all get down sometimes, but we don't want to stay down, amen, and the Lord can lift us up. Do continue to pray for our young people. Some have been graduating from high school, different situations, and pray for them. It is good to have Josh home for the summer, and I know it's been good to have him here and other young people just continue to pray for them. That uh, wonderful time. Uh, we were at the homeschool graduation yesterday, uh, Sophia's graduation, and I told Judy, I said, oh, to be young again, oh, to be young again. But when you say that, you're not sure, amen. Uh, it's just good to be right where God has you, amen. And I guess many of us are in our fourth quarter. Well, tonight, I want you to go back with me to the book of Proverbs and uh, Last Sunday morning was Memorial... By the way, the reason I'm preaching tonight, Steve and I switched things around. He had this morning, and 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 I told him I would preach tonight and so forth. Uh, and uh, last... I think it was last Sunday. It was last weekend, Memorial Day weekend. <clears throat> and uh, in Sunday morning, <clears throat> I mentioned that, that <clears throat> going to the book of Proverbs... <clears throat> excuse me. It's like going digging for golden gold nuggets or mining for a diamond or deep sea diving for a pearl. And last Sunday morning we looked at, a, at that proverb that said, Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Man, when God can take one verse of the Bible and open it up, and truly it is a nugget of gold or a diamond and a pearl of of spiritual wealth and truth, isn't it? <clears throat> so I invite you to the 29th chapter of Proverbs tonight, and let's go diving for another pearl, okay? Or mining for another nugget of gold or a diamond. And a very familiar verse of Scripture, <clears throat> but see if God can open it up to our understanding tonight and give us wisdom and understanding that we can take and apply to our hearts. Amen? So if you have your Bibles open, <coughs> excuse me, to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 is the verse I have in mind. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now that's a very familiar verse of Scripture, at least the first part of it. Many times we've heard someone remind us that where there is no vision, the people perish. Now the latter half of the verse we don't hear quoted as often, but we're very familiar with the least part of that. Let's bow our heads tonight for prayer, and and uh, and I'm often reminded of this and remind myself and would you do this ask God to help this not be just another Sunday night service but that God would open up his word to our hearts and give us wisdom and give us wisdom to take the truth of his word 
and apply it to our hearts and lives tonight. Amen. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, again, we thank you for the health to be here. <clears throat> we continue to pray for those who are not able to be here that you'll touch them physically and, and bless them spiritually. And, oh, God, tonight we thank you for the good time we've already had together, the, the edification, the encouragement, the fellowship, the singing, the worship, and lifting our hearts in praise. But now, God, I just pray that you will help us to put aside all the other cares and thoughts. And, uh, Lord, we're so dependent upon the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and to open up the truth of your word and not just to learn more, Lord, but to give us wisdom to take these wonderful nuggets of truth and uh, realize how blessed we are to have your word tonight and give us wisdom to take these principles and apply them to our lives in whatever situations we may be in at the moment. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I say this is a very familiar verse of Scripture. It's interesting, when I opened the door and walked into Cornerstone Baptist Church this morning, right behind the preacher, there was a banner hanging on the wall that actually had this verse of Scripture on it. And uh, I thought, well, I'm, God willing, I'm going to be preaching on that verse tonight. Proverbs chapter 28, verse, verse chapter 29, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now let's break this verse down a little bit, talk about a couple of words that are in it, and then we'll apply it, okay? First of all, the word vision. Where there is no vision. Now most of the time when we hear or use the word vision, we think of it as seeing. We, we all have... Uh, uh, vision and sometimes we have problems with our vision and we have issues with our vision and thank God for talking about technology and God's blessings thank God for the for the the technology and good things that God's given us to help us correct the problems we have with our vision but many times we think of vision we think of seeing or we think of of having a dream or having a vision and we use it in the sense of of where there is no vision or a scene in the future. Once we, we lose our vision or we lose our challenge or we have no purpose or we have no goal or nothing to look forward to, and where there is no vision in that sense of the word, people perish. And by the way, that's a good application of this verse, and we're going to come back to that in just a little bit, okay? So that's one use of the word vision. But in the Bible, this word vision is also used not so much in the sense of the work of the Lord. Let's have a vision. Let's have a goal. Let's, let's have a purpose in the work and service of the Lord. But it's also used in the context of the word of the Lord. Not just the work of the Lord, but the word of the Lord. And so in the context of this verse, and even in the contrast of the first half with the second half of the verse, I think the logical conclusion is that in this particular verse of the Bible, it's talking about the Word of God. Look at that verse again. Where there is no vision or divine instruction or a message from God, where there's no Word of God, the people perish. And now look at the last part of the verse. But he that keepeth or obeyeth what? The law. That's the Word of God. 
happy is he. So we, we, and it's good to be reminded every verse of Scripture only has one proper interpretation. But it can have many applications, okay? So there's nothing wrong with taking this verse and saying, man, we need a vision, we need a purpose, we need a goal. But trying to properly interpret this verse, it's talking about the Word of God. Where there's no message from God, the people perish. Now, the second word I want to call your attention to is the word perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, that's an interesting word if you look it up and study it. Now, if you're like me, when you think of the subject of perishing, I think of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that, who, that, uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. And we think of perishing as dying and going to hell. And that's true. That's the end result of a lost person perishing. But if you study this word perishing, here in Proverbs 29 verse 18, it actually means to be uncovered. Uh, It actually means to, to use a little more graphic word, it means to be naked. It means to stand before God naked or uncovered in the sense that there's no protection. You're exposed to all elements of danger, whether it be the weather or whatever, okay? So it says where there's no, now now follow this, where there's no vision, where there's no truth of God, where there's no principles and precepts and laws and commandments of God, you stand uncovered. You stand unprotected. Apart from the once you've abandoned the word of God, you're open to anything and everything. In your mind, you can come to any conclusion. You can justify anything. In the book of Judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You're open to doctrines of demons, as as Paul was teaching Timothy. Do you understand the concept there? So you're you're perishing in the sense that you're you're standing, there's no guardrails, there's no principle, there's no absolutes. If there's no message from God and if you choose to abandon the Word of God, you're you're on the road of destruction. It's like you're uncovered, you're unprotected, you're out from under the the, the umbrella. You have no final authority, Amen. And that's what that Hebrew word perishing seems to imply. And the ultimate end of that, the ultimate end of that path and way of life is hell, eternal hell. The lost will perish and spend eternity separated from God. But it starts when a mind or a heart either doesn't have the Word of God or they choose to reject the Word of God and turn from the Word of God and get out. And boy, that's where many are in our society today. Amen? Are you with me? So where there is no vision, the people, and isn't that a sad statement? The people perish. The people. God's interested in people tonight. Aren't you glad of that? For God so loved the world. Is that talking about the world of the trees and the whales and the pigeons? No. Well, God God created all of it. God, God is glorified in all of His creation. But for God so loved the world of mankind, the world of people that He gave His only begotten Son. And we're talking about people perishing. People like you and me who are out from under the authority of the Word of God today. And they're open to everything that comes down the pike. Amen. 
They don't know the difference between right and wrong. They call evil good and good evil, the Bible says. And they're on the road of perishing, the road to destruction. And he says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he or she, now it comes right down to each one individually, he that keepeth. Wow. It's not enough just to know the Word of God, is it? But he that keepeth. What's that mean? Well, it means to obey. It means to guard. It means to protect. Wow. It means, hey, we, we, we treasure. <clears throat> you talk about a nugget of gold. You're talking about deep sea diving for a pearl, 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 a pearl. You're talking about mining for a diamond. Man, we have the greatest, apart from Jesus Christ and God himself, we have the greatest treasure ever given to man. We have the truth of God, amen? We have the truth of God. And to keep it means that we, 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 we're willing to humble our hearts and receive it and learn it and keep it in the sense of obeying it and guarding it and protecting it, amen? It's the truth of God. Now, I realize, if I remember one of my college professors one time said, you know what, just, just turn the truth of God loose. It can take care of itself, amen? Turn God's truth loose and let her fly. And we understand that. But I tell you, at the same time, we need to defend the Word of God, take a stand for it, and the truth of God's Word. So it's not just enough. You know, I was thinking today, and I shared this in a service earlier today, it's one thing to be ignorant of the Word of God. And that's sad, isn't it? <clears throat> and the truth is, have we raised generations, perhaps, of children in our nation, in our nation, that have never gone to church, hardly ever gone to Sunday school. And if they have gone, they've gone to a church where they've heard history lessons and political challenges, and they've never really had an a, a dose, a good meal of the truth of the Word of God. So have we raised generations of kids who are just ignorant of the Bible? They, now this is no excuse, but they, they have no idea. We start talking about all the issues of our day and things we're dealing with, and we're looking at it from a biblical perspective. I mean, when we say, man, the world's going crazy, our nation's going crazy. Well, the truth is it may be because many of them are just honestly ignorant of the Word of God. Now, they're still accountable. That's no excuse. And then there are many, there are many who are not ignorant of the Word of God. They, they ignore the Word of God. They don't give a rip what the Bible says. That's not their rule of faith and practice. It's not that they're ignorant. They just choose to ignore it. And my goodness, if I've heard this one time, I, I've heard it thousands of times in my lifetime. Well, and I've heard it recently. Well, that's just your interpretation. Well, have you ever heard that? You know, I've often thought, and this may sound simple, you can pick up a math book and say 2 plus 2 equals 4. Well, how do you know? Maybe that's your interpretation. Huh? And yet you can, you, you can pick up the history, but George Washington was the first president of the United States. Well, how do you know? Maybe that's just your interpretation. But you, you, can, you can, any book, but boy, you pick up the Bible and say, there's a heaven or a hell. Well, how do you know? How do you know? Well, go, because God said it. Well, that's just your turn. Well, you shouldn't live together unless, and, and have sex together unless you're married. Well, everybody doesn't see it that way. That's just how you, that's how you understand the Bible. And that's the, that's the feedback you're getting. And, and that's just one simple illustration. <laughs> hey, what is it about, well, you know what? <clears throat> Every man does that which is in his own eyes. We just 
believe the Word of God or we don't. It's one thing to be ignorant of the Bible. <clears throat> it's another thing to ignore the Bible. But I'll tell you where we are today, <clears throat> and I've just heard this recently. <clears throat> I heard a video, two videos actually. One was taking the Word of God. As bad as it is to be ignorant of the Word of God or to ignore the Word of God, refuse the Word of God, is to deliberately take the Word of God and do what Paul said. Rest the Scriptures, twist the Scriptures to make it say what you want it to say. And I heard someone on video just the other day take the Word of God, the same Scriptures that you and I use to show that God said a certain lifestyle is sinful, an abomination, and they take it and twist it. And there's books been printed galore today. And that's what's happening in many of our denominational churches. They're swallowing this stuff. Now, you know what? We've been wrong all these years. We've been misinterpreting these scriptures. This is God's love and mercy. God understands the lesbian, the homosexual, and they take some of the same scriptures and twist it and give it a whole new meaning. The other day I heard a video where a woman was actually... One video was God gave God gave this person, this woman, a man's body, and God's intention was that she one day would get a man's body, or whether way around, whichever. And you're sitting there scratching your head, banging your head against the wall, and then you realize, no wonder Paul said, "Man, we shouldn't even. It's such a shame we shouldn't even be talking about these things." And all. And now we're at the place where some are, boy, if, it was, if it's not bad enough to be ignorant of the Word of God or ignore the Word of God, refuse the Word of God, to be able to, to start taking God's Word, God's Word, and twisting it to condone and support lifestyles that God says is an abomination, how close must we be to the judgment of God? How, how long-suffering, how merciful and gracious God must be. Amen? So... The proverb tonight says, Proverbs 20 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But you can even have the word of God. He says, happy, satisfied are you. And boy, that, we're just, is anybody satisfied anymore? Happy or blessed. Do I realize, do you realize tonight, if we, if we really believe we have the word of God tonight, but he that keepeth the law Happy is he. Now, what is happiness from God's point of view? Does it just mean I feel good? Well, you know, sometimes I feel good physically. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes my emotions are up. Sometimes my emotions are down. Doesn't that shock you to death? Man, if you live by your feelings, you're worse than a termite and a yo-yo. Amen? And all. Happiness for the child of God doesn't depend on happenings. It depends on what's in your heart. And are you blessed of God? Are you satisfied? Have we, like Paul, learned to be content in whatsoever situation? Oh, where would we be tonight? Where would we be but for the grace of God? And where would we be tonight without the truth of God? Isn't there an ocean of truth in that verse tonight? Where there is no vision, the people are uncovered, open and exposed to anything and everything. But he that keepeth the law, happy. He's found a purpose in life, contentment, satisfaction, joy, the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> those, those things that are worth more than all the world. 
I used to hear my pastor say, if I had the whole world with the whitewashed fence around it and my name in gold letters on the gate, what is that without Jesus Christ and my heart been right with God? Amen? Talking about where does real contentment and satisfaction come to? Now, with all that being said about this verse and trying to break these words down, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law happy is he. And let me share with you quickly three wonderful, wonderful visions, important visions that we need tonight, and especially in the times we're living. Number one, I need a fresh vision of the Lord. Amen. I need a fresh vision of the Lord. Remember Isaiah chapter 6? Isaiah, turn back there, or turn forward there with me just a moment. Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah, this is a familiar passage of Scripture. And by the way, if you have the Word of God, you can't have the Word of God without the Lord. Amen. They go hand in hand. And I know the book of Isaiah is here in my Bible somewhere. Here it is. Isaiah chapter 6 is this wonderful vision of Isaiah the Lord. If there was ever a time in our Christianity and in our nation that we need, and when I say fresh, I'm not talking about a, a, a new vision in the sense of something, a new revelation or a new drink. I'm talking about fresh in the sense of a, a fresh drink of water. Boy, if we ever need a fresh vision of our God, of our Lord, and have a balanced vision of God and all of His holiness and His mercy and grace, what's the times we're living in? Amen? Look what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He's still alive, amen. Sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train or His glory filled the temple. And it stood, and, and above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, and with twain He covered His face. He Standing in the, even they had their face covered, standing in the presence of an absolutely holy God. And with two covered his feet, not worthy, even the seraphims not worthy to stand in the presence of such a holy God. And with two twain he did fly or serve God. And one cried unto another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And then said I, Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Behold, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of an un, a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Amen. Now if we want to apply that vision to, to, to seeing and a vision of something, oh, may God help us to lift up our eyes tonight and be reminded in these times that God is as holy as He ever was. Amen. And the more we see God's holiness, we see our sin, don't we? And our shortcomings. And someone said here in Isaiah chapter 6, you have at least three visions. Isaiah had an upward vision. He had a fresh vision of the Lord. He had an inward vision. He had a fresh vision of himself. You know, the further my heart drifts from the Lord, the more I think how good I am. But the closer you get to the Lord, you say, you know, sometimes you just feel, you ought to feel miserable sometimes. You ought to look in the mirror and just be honest with yourself and just, you know, confess your sins. By the way, I liked what I read in a little devotional the other day by one of the gentlemen out at West Coast Baptist College. 
he said, you know, he deals with young people day in and day out. And he said, you know, sometimes you find these young people confessing the same sin over and over. And it's not that they're committing the same sin. They just can't get a grip on God's forgiveness. And in, in this little devotion he was teaching them, he said, just admit it. And by admitting, he means just confess it and get it under the blood. And then quit it. Admit it. And then quit it by the grace of God. And then forget it, amen. Don't let the devil keep bringing up the past. It's as far as the east is from the west. I like that little, that little three-point outline. Admit it, quit it, and forget it, amen, by the grace of God. But the more we see God's holiness, we see our sin. And then Isaiah not only had an upward vision, an inward vision, but he had an outward vision. He said in verse 8, he said, Behold, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And then said, I, here am I, send me. But you know what? You'll never have the right, you'll never see yourself like you should see yourself from God's perspective. And you'll never see the world, people that are perishing that we were talking about, if you don't have a correct vision of the Lord. Amen. And by the way, the more I comprehend God's holiness, the more I'll appreciate His grace and His mercy. Now, in our American culture and Christianity, maybe we do a pretty good job of emphasizing God's grace and God's love and God's mercy. But boy, do we ever need to be reminded that God is as holy as He ever was. Amen? If we had time tonight, we could turn to passages like Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10, where God said, under Moses' law, under Moses' law, they suffered with uh, under two or three witnesses, and it was severe. And then the writer of Hebrews says this, but how much sore punishment. <laughs> I, I, I sometimes think of the Old Testament, and I read the Old Testament, and I think, wow, man, living under the law of God. Oh, boy, I'm, I'm glad we're under grace, amen. Aren't you? And yet Paul says, how much sore punishment if you trample underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ and do despite to the work of the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Now, I believe he's talking to lost people there, but you know, that's a good lesson for me to remember. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm not under God's, whoo, whoo, I'm glad I'm under grace, whoo, to whom much is given, much is required. Whether it's God's chastening or the judgment seat of Christ one day, how much sore responsibility do I have the day by under God's holy isn't he boy we could go to Hebrews chapter 12 and I think it's the last verse that says our God our God your God my God is a consuming fire boy that's good to be reminded of he's holy and as the apostle Peter reminded us be ye holy for he is holy and he quoted from the Old Testament God is holy and God wants us to. Or we could go to Revelation chapter 1, talking about a vision of the Lord. And you read the first chapter of Revelation, and you see a vision of Jesus today as our mediator, dressed as a high priest. And you go to Revelation chapter 19, and you see Jesus coming back. He's king of lords tonight, amen. He's not going to become king of kings and lord of lords. He's king of kings and lord of lords tonight. But he's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords one day. Wow, that's the vision. You know, we talk so much about the baby in the manger and Jesus is like, and all these things are wonderful to be, to take that quick look back through the rear view mirror. 
But oh, we need a fresh vision of the Lord tonight, don't we? In all of His glory, in all of His holiness. There are so many scriptures. Number two, not only do we need a fresh vision of the Lord, as I've already been talking so much, we need a fresh vision of the law of God or the Word of God, don't we? And when I say the law, remember the verse? Where there is no vision, the people perish, but happy is he that keepeth the law of God. And by the law of God, we're not just talking about the Mosaic law and the Ten Commandments, but all the principles and precepts and truths of God's Word tonight. Oh, I need a fresh vision. I need that tonight. And we could go to again to <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 3 where Paul said to Timothy, young Timothy, and boy, I can almost see Paul an elderly man, maybe knowing at the most in a few years. Matter of fact, you come to the very end. Matter of fact, you get to the very end of Second Timothy. And Paul said, hey, the time of my departure is here. I'm ready. I'm ready to be offered. And here he's leaving some last, some last words perhaps to young Timothy. And you know what his challenge was? Timothy, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And remember the kind of people you learned them from. Not to, and pardon me for saying this, not the perverts out here who are writing books telling you how to live your life, but godly, holy people who suffered, who suffered for the cause of Christ. And they've been faithful in teaching you the Word of God. How about your mama? How about your grandmother, Timothy? They taught you the Scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Oh, Timothy, stay with the book, amen. Stay with the truth of God. And then he goes on to say those verses that we quote so often. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it's profitable. It'll benefit you for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be perfect, mature, growing, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Oh, listen, I need a fresh vision of God's Word tonight and be able not just to say it as a cliche, but say, God, the Bible, God's Word truly is my rule of faith and practice. What I believe is going to be based on the Word of God and how I want to live, oh God. I truly want it to be based on the principles because, boy, are we living in times where we say, the Word of God. who gives a rip about the Word of God, amen? It's almost in your face, isn't it, in many in our society. Yes, we need a new vision of the Lord. We need a fresh vision of the Lord, a fresh vision of the law of God. And then last of all, and we've already mentioned this, we need a fresh vision of the lost. I guess I've been challenged recently in various things that it's so easy, and we don't mean to, to get caught up with life, the responsibilities of marriage and home and family and church and work, that sometimes I feel so guilty. And, and, and I'm one of these people that some of you are just quick-witted and quick-thinking, and I'm always five seconds late. And I think, wow, why didn't I think to give a track? Why didn't I think to, you know, why didn't I think to pray with the person or something? And, and a lot of times it's not that I know my heart, but I'm just preoccupied and so forth. And, and I pray, God, help me to be more sensitive, more soul-conscious. Folk, there are people all around us. I stand at my home sometimes and I feel so ashamed. I thank God on the street I live on. How many of these people are going to die and go to hell one day? Will I answer to God one day? Will he say, Frank, did you 
Did you really go out of your way to witness to some of those neighbors? I think about people. I mean, how many people are living? We could walk out on this parking lot right now and look at and see houses. I wonder how many people will die and go to hell that are living in houses within sight of this church building. Now, I know we, we may never can win them all, but are we trying to reach any of them? How many people will you speak to at work tomorrow, at Walmart, everywhere we go? And so, you know what, I need, and, and, and I think we all do, don't we? Sometimes we just need God to get a hold of our hearts and say, give us a fresh bit. Hey, where there is no vision, people are perishing. People are perishing. And I need God to give me a fresh vision. In John chapter 4, Jesus said it was Jesus who said, lift up your eyes. Man, lift up your eyes. Look, look, look. The fields are white and ready for harvest. People are hungry. They don't know what they need to make them happy. They're trying everything the world has to offer. We know what they need. They need Jesus. The woman at the well. Acts chapter 16. I mentioned this, I think, Wednesday night. Acts chapter 16, Paul had a vision. By the way, we point, you know, Paul tried to go, Paul and his team of workers tried to go this way, and God said, no, that's, that's not where I want you to go. Say, well, we believe it's God's way. And, and well, we, can you imagine, can you imagine great Christians like Paul saying, I thought it was God's will to go this way, but then he stopped me and showed me. I mean, I can understand me struggling sometimes to know which way God, but man, a great man of God like Paul, he was human just like us, wasn't he? So they thought, well, we'll go this way. And God said, no, you've got good, good intentions there, Paul, but that's not my will for you. And one night Paul had a dream, a vision. <clears throat> he saw a man over in Macedonia saying, come and help us. Come and help us. Come and help us. And so they went to Macedonia and a gal named Lydia got saved. Now, if I'm wrong for calling her a gal, if that's disrespectful, I'll apologize to her when I see her in heaven. Amen. There was a religious woman got saved. Later on, a demon-possessed girl. Now, I don't know. I'd like to hope, I hope she got saved, amen. She got the demons cast out of her. And then later on, a Philippian jailer that could probably cuss the wallpaper off the wall got saved. People from all different backgrounds, religious, demon-possessed, <clears throat> jailers. But I don't mean every jailer, but if you work at the jail, that doesn't mean you're a, a cussing sailor or something. A man, by the way, that was ready, we saw Wednesday night, to commit suicide. A man that was ready to take his life. And Paul said, wait a minute. Do thyself no harm. We're all here. Everything's going to be okay. You know, I wonder if maybe tomorrow I'll come into the presence of someone. I remember, and I'll wrap this thing up. <clears throat> In college one day, Jerry Falwell got up in chapel. <clears throat> I think I've shared this with you. God works in such simple ways sometimes, doesn't he? <clears throat> Jerry Falwell got up in chapel and he said, two of you young ladies, and we don't know who you are, were downtown Lynchburg on such and such a day. And a fellow who was under the influence of alcohol was wobbling up the sidewalk. And he bumped into you, one of you young ladies. And you handed him a gospel tract. And he wobbled on down the sidewalk and you two young ladies went on your way. As far as I know, there was no conversation, not a word spoken, maybe an apology or something. 
He said, what you didn't know was that this man was just drunk enough. He got himself drunk enough to take his life. And he went somewhere and had a pistol was going to take his life. And he reached in his pocket to see if he could find a little piece of paper to write his wife a little note. And when he reached in his pocket and found the, pulled out a piece of paper, it was that gospel tract that you gave him. And he read it. And right there, even under the influence of alcohol, he trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior. He went home. And in a little period of time, it may have not happened that day, he led his wife and all of his family to Jesus. And they'd like to meet you two ladies. If you two ladies are here today, and you remember a drunk running into you on the sidewalk, and you handed him a gospel tract, something so simple, they sure would like to meet you. Wow! Isn't that amazing, folks? I wonder if we get to heaven, if God would... How many times could that story be repeated? God usually, I think, maybe for me, God keeps a lot of that hidden because he knows we'd get so proud and big-headed. And pride's such a destructive thing, isn't it, folks? God can't allow to let us see but so much. But I wonder when we get to heaven, how many times will God say, you know, you prayed, you gave out a tract, you invited somebody to church. They never know this side of heaven. We don't need to know down here. We live by faith. Folks, there's people all around us who are perishing and going to hell. I need a fresh vision of the Lord in my life. I need a fresh vision of the Word. I need the Word of God, don't you? And I need a fresh vision. I want to stay focused on why we're here. We're here as ambassadors. We're here to carry out the Great Commission. May God help us as individuals, as families in this church, never to get so caught up, even in the best things of life, that we forget that there's lost people all around us. And they need Jesus. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God help us to get that gospel out to a lost world. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for the truth of your word tonight. And where there is no vision, and even in my life, Lord, where I reject your word and make my own choices and and think maybe there's an area in my life where I can violate your word and, and do my own thing. God, I'm opening myself up. I'm uncovered, and I'm opening myself up. I'm exposing myself to all the dangers around me. Oh, God, give us a fresh vision of your word, of our Lord, of the lost around us, and on and on we could go. May give us wisdom, God, to take these truths that we've been reminded of and apply them to our lives tonight. And I'll thank you and praise you, oh God, for all that you accomplish. In Jesus' precious name. Would you stand with me just for a minute or two? And while we're standing and